Welcome to Beyond the Bio with me, Sophie Milliken. In this podcast series, we are going to be delving into all of the different ways that you can raise your professional profile. Today, I am delighted to be joined by Michaela Rainey, who is co-founder at Opportunity Global. Alongside that role, she also has the privilege of curating TEDx Teesside Women. As a TEDx organizer, Michaela has so much useful and valuable information and hints and tips for anyone who has a curiosity into TED and TEDx. It is an exciting world. I can vouch for that myself, having done my own TEDx talk a few years ago now, the thought of which still makes me want to puke every time I think about walking towards that big red circle. But please do dive into this fantastic episode because Michaela really does have some brilliant information. I learned lots and I'm sure you will too. So welcome, Michaela. Thank you for coming on to this episode of Beyond the Bio to talk to us about TEDx talks, such a hot topic. Loads of people talk to me about doing one. They want to do one. Uh, they're nervous about doing one. They don't understand the process. So who better to come and talk to us about all things TEDx than you? Oh, well, thank you for having me. This is very exciting. And so I've got so many questions for you about, about <laughs> oh, I'll TEDx. I'll try my best. So let's start off with, with you telling us how you came about becoming an organiser of a TEDx. Yeah, so it actually started a few years ago. I've always been a big TED fan. So like many people, love watching the TED Talks, find them really inspirational, educational. I've always watched them, but then we've always used them to like embed in our learning and development programs as well as extra resources for people. And then it was when a few years ago, I thought I really want to get closer to the TED brand. I really like the kind of ethos around sharing ideas, using it as a platform for good. So um, I decided to apply to go to TED Women, which is the global conference. So it's a couple of years ago in Palm Springs in California, and there's quite a process you need to go through, which I hadn't quite appreciated, to be honest. I thought you just had to pay quite a lot of money for a ticket and you'd get in, but turns out there's a process there as well. Um, And I think what they do that's really smart is they really focus on making sure that there's people there in the room that could collaborate with each other, where there'll be good connection to be made. So they're really smart about how they curate the whole experience. Um, So that's where I really got excited about TED. I was like, this is amazing opportunity. Um, And since then, I've been getting closer and closer to TED. So last year, TED Women didn't happen. So a group of uh, women that I met at the event, we actually created our own um, retreat and TED experience in Sedona in Arizona. So that was my first taste of us trying to do something ourselves. Um, And so over the years, I've been getting closer to TED. Eventually, I do want to do a TED Talk myself, but um, I've really wanted to focus for the time being on actually understanding the kind of ethos around TED, but also how different communities can get a much bigger kind of platform and voice by being connected to the TED brand. And that's really where my ambition came to be an organizer, because I thought, wow, this is such an amazing experience going to TED Women. But Sophie, it's expensive, right? Like the ticket itself, actually, when you think what's included and now that I've been, the experience is well worth the money. But when you add on travel, time out of work or business, it becomes quite um, exclusive. And although I loved the experience, I didn't feel that really necessarily aligned beautifully with what TED's all about. So 
I thought one of the things that we could do is bring that magic back to my hometown, which is Middlesbrough. Um, Middlesbrough has been named one of the worst places to be born a girl in the UK. Uh, subsequently, we've had Hartlepool be named one of the worst places to be born a girl. So that's two towns in a really small region. And I thought, what better place to do a TEDx Women event um, to really get closer to the TED brand, use that as a platform for the area and the community, and get sharing some really good ideas from people that are in the region. But also, let's learn from other people. What's going on elsewhere? What can we do differently? What ideas can we take from there and actually implement and take action on? So exciting that, that you're bringing this to to Teesside, to Middlesbrough. It's it's super cool, and I'm sure we're going to touch on that a, a lot mm-hmm. throughout this conversation. When you went over over to the states, then was that to uh, observe a TED conference? Is that what it was? So the first thing I went to was the TED Women actual global conference. So to be an attendee, so to be in the room, actually see the TED talks, like the real TED talks, not just a TEDx, um, and. The big thing for me was we were wanting to expand the business into the US. So it was also a way to kind of network, build community, build connections over there as well. Um, And that's actually something where genuinely some of the people I met there, like they literally will be lifelong friends now. Um, And I think that's what Ted's really smart about, the community bit. Right before you've even got there, they're starting the experience, they're starting that community build. And I think that's just a really kind of special way to help people get the most out of these events. Because we've all been to conferences, right? We've all been to different events and they can be quite expensive. And sometimes you don't really know how to maximize them either. But because there's that kind of shared love, I suppose, of TED Talks, you're already having really interesting conversations with people because there's just so much material. And every person I've met who's been to one of the global TED um, events, they always say the best conversations, the ones that happen in the queue waiting to go into the TED talk. So, you know, some of the people I met were, um, so Rihanna's uh, manager, I met in the queue for a TED talk. We ended up sharing an Uber back to LA oh, afterwards. Back to LA. Uh, so I know, cool. it sounds brilliant, doesn't it? Um, you know, the uh, the brilliant Irish woman who um, is the CEO for um, Jilly Bean King, you know, it, all these great people are in one place and having access, I think, to those kind of connections, the education, the things I learned from it were amazing. Um, So that's really what I suppose sparked the interest in becoming an organiser. And and you said that it was expensive to attend that. Can you remember how much it was? Um, Good question. So I'm going again this year and I think this year it's a little bit cheaper because um, I'm going on like a group ticket with the people I met last time. But I think the first time I went, it was probably including like the um, event and then you get your hotel and stuff as well. It was probably something like three and a half, four thousand pounds. And how long does it last? Well, that's three days and you get like all of your food and everything's included as well. So I would say the quality of experience, it was well worth it, particularly when you look at some of the events that happen in the UK where you could be spending nearly a £1,000 just for the day. Um, but when you add on your flights and everything else... It, it, it's, a, it's, it's an yeah. investment. It's a big investment, yeah. yeah. And so when we're talking, I hear you sometimes say TED and sometimes TEDx. Oh, yes. And 
you know, I'm sure there will be some people wondering <laughs> what is the blooming difference between yes. the two? Yeah. So TED is the kind of global um, brand and platform. So um, TED as a um, brand, they run the two big TED conferences that take place each year. So TED, which happens in Vancouver, um, even more expensive to go. I think you're looking more towards the kind of 10,000 mark or certainly $10,000. And then the TED Women event. They also then have some other options. So there's education events, which typically are kind of universities, colleges, that sort of thing. And then TEDx, which is basically a community um, event. So it's an independently organized TED event. Um, You do have to have a license via the TED brand to be able to do that. And they're pretty strict on kind of guidelines and rules. So they're very good at protecting their brand and making sure that it meets the kind of the force for good that they're trying to achieve and their purpose. But it does allow people across the world to have community-based TED events, um, which I love because, again, it's giving more people access Um, is spreading the kind of TED word and brand, um, but it's also bringing together people who might not, you know, ever get on the the big TED stage, as it were. And one of the things that I really remember being drummed into me from from my experience doing a TEDx was around the timing. Yes. (laughs) So there was like, you cannot go over, I think, is it 18 minutes? Yeah. Is that the same for TED and TEDx? Yeah, so eighteen minutes. It is. And some of them, like I don't know. Do you know what the shortest one ever was? <laughs> it's only a few minutes. Isn't yeah, it? I think there's there's some that are kind of six to eight minutes, um, which is pretty short. And they are also starting to do some other things where there's kind of shorter online kind of TED. Uh, there's a TED Tech event, for example, that's coming up this year, and some of those are a bit shorter. But a, a proper TED event. And a TEDx has to follow the same rules. So 18 minutes is your limit. Um, As a TED organizer, I'd actually recommend people aim for more like 15 minutes um, because particularly during like, you know, the timing of it, people's pace might be different. Um, It's always best to have a little bit of wiggle room so you're not panicking. You always have this screen, don't you? I remember there being a screen on the floor that had the countdown. Yeah, not all of them do. do they not? No, but yes, I know. Um, (laughs) But yes, that's the ideal scenario, but not all of them do, no. So some have um, prompters as well to help, you know, remind people um, if they want to have any kind of, you know, bullet points or anything on there as well. I personally would find that a bit more distracting, I think, in a way. I don't know. Mm. What, in your opinion, makes a great TEDx talk? Ooh, good question. It sounds really basic, but you need a really good idea that you want to share. So um, keeping it simple. So you might be an expert in what you want to talk about, but actually you need to find a way to drill that down in a way that's actually really simple for people um, so that it's appealing to a broad audience. I think sometimes what people forget is you're going to have your audience there live but your aim is you're going to have this online audience forevermore. So you need to think about those two different audiences when you are preparing um, your idea and how you will share it as well. Um, I think the other thing is that people get obsessed with it needing to be something new. Um, I don't think it needs to be. I think you can be, you know, coming at a an idea from a slightly different angle. You might have a bit of different context or experience to share. And I think all of those things work really well. Um, The other thing is having a really kind of realistic call to action so that people 
The idea really is that you're sharing something that someone can then be inspired to take action from. So being really clear on what that is, um, again, sounds obvious, but when someone is there in the audience listening to TED Talk after TED Talk, you want to be memorable. And I think one of the ways that you can do that really smartly is having a really clear call to action that you keep repeating throughout the talk as well. Great advice. And can you think of any great TED or TEDx talks that you've seen that have stood out in your mind that people should maybe go and watch if they're thinking about applying and see what is the gold standard of talks? Ooh, so there's quite a few that I really like, but the first one that came to mind when you asked me that was Lily Singh. Um, So she is actually a comedian by kind of day. Um, And she was at TED Women when I um, went a few years ago. And what I loved about her style is that she used props. So her whole um, conversation was about having a seat at the table and actually how a seat at a table isn't improving equality across the world. So she actually had a table, you know, she had a chair, she was using them as part of her talk. So just those little points of reference, I think, again, it helps people to remember you, but also it keeps people engaged if there's something going on on stage rather than just, you know, talking the whole time. Um, The other thing that she obviously used really smartly was humor as well. So that worked really well. I wouldn't recommend, you know, if you're not naturally humorous don't put yourself in depression no but it worked really well and another one that stood out again she had a lot of props um was a a woman i can't remember her name now she's terrible i will find it so she was talking us through her idea while building something so again it was just a really different kind of way to do it so um props are good visuals are good and i think having some data or research to share, again, just gives people a nice anchor point to remember what it is you're trying to share as your idea. Great, great top tips there. So obviously you're organizing your first TEDx event for for later this year, and you've been um, inundated with some great applications and taking those people through the process. So can you tell us what you look for in a great TEDx speaker? I think one of the main things to start with, if you think, so I looked this up, um, there's about 100 to 300 applications each year for each TEDx event. But I think it's like anything that you tackle, you've got to have a strategy. So don't just kind of spray and pray. It's the same concept as if you're applying for a new job, right? Don't just send the same thing out to everyone. Get really clear on which events are going to best align for you. I think particularly around, you know, what's the theme of the event? Make sure your your idea ties nicely to that theme. Make sure you you present that well in your um, application that you go through. And are applications always the same? Is that something that's set as a standard process? No, they do do vary. So the biggest advice I'd say is just make sure you read the detail because um, we had it before where we gave people some guidance and quite a lot of people didn't follow the guidance. And so then it just instantly rejected. (laughs) No, because I'm a soft touch. So if they had a good idea, no. But I think you know, it's our first year. So we didn't have anywhere near the 100 applicants. We had about 35 applicants. I think just making sure that your title and your subtitle is quite punchy, quite clear. um, And actually think about how you can maybe be a little bit divisive in your title as well, so that it attracts people's attention. Make sure it's aligned to the theme. Um, Be really clear about what any key takeaways will be. Um, Make it simple to share. 
And I think also really think about is this, is your idea that you're wanting to share, is it a force for good? Like, is there something that will move something forward in society or in your area of interest? Um, is there a clear action that people can be inspired to take? Um, and the other key thing is, remember, it's about the audience, not you. So, you know, you can't um, sell anything on stage. You can't be, you know, promoting your business or yourself. Uh, no politics, no religion, you know, really just get comfortable with the rules and the guidance around TED. Um, TEDx so that then you're not disappointed when you get back feedback that if it doesn't quite align, but it also helps you really make sure that you are applying for the right TEDx talks as well. So um, the other thing that I would recommend, because we, I struggled with this a little bit, it kept frustrating me, you know, people not spelling the um, area that they were going to do the TEDx in correctly, you know, just little things like that, like take the time, make sure you understand a bit about the area, get comfortable with maybe, you know, you don't need to be an expert in it, but if you're not from the area, you're then competing with people that are from the area. So just get really clear about what value you could bring to that particular community. Great tips, great tips. And what is typically the process? So they they would typically, uh, anyone that's interested in speaking would complete an application form <clears throat> and then you're sifting through those. And what, what happens next? Yeah, so people apply in different ways. So, you know, video applications are quite popular now, as well as a written application. Typically, um, from there, I mean, certainly look at the TEDx website because they'll give you details on exactly what their process will be. But I would say, typically speaking, at that point, you'll then be invited to meet the judges. So you'll get the opportunity to actually talk through your idea in a bit more detail. And I think that's really important because that's what brings alive, your passion, your interest in the subject, um, why you will be an expert on stage. Um, so really think about during that process, not just what you will bring to the event as a speaker, but actually maybe some of the other things around the event that you can support with. So you might have like a really good presence on social media, for example. Um, you might have um, a lot of connections and network in that area. So really think about how you can position yourself as someone who could add value to the event, not just on stage, but with how you maybe share and help promote the event as well especially because these are community-based. So, you know, the organizers won't have a big budget for that sort of marketing, PR. So if you can help them with that, that's a really big, helpful selling point as well. What about if someone has a great idea and they've done a great submission and then you've met them at that sort of presentation mm -hmm. stage? And what if they're like, a bit crap at presenting? Is that something that would just be an instant no or is it something you can provide a bit of support and coaching with? Yeah, really good question. So the joy of TEDx is this isn't about people who are the kind of professional speakers who are on the speaking circuit. So it's absolutely fine to apply for a TEDx with, you know, when you're not a professional speaker used to it. However, I would probably say don't apply for a TEDx if you've never been on a stage and spoken, just because it's a big pressure on yourself for the first time doing it. So that's the first thing. Secondly, yes, absolutely. Every TEDx organizers will have like coaching and support and preparation well in advance of um, you actually being on, on the stage. Um, 
But even with that, when you are going through the application process, I think it's really important if the TEDx organizers don't give you really good feedback, really push them to give you some guidance and support, because I think that's the only way we all learn, right? And we're going to get better. So the aim really for me is anyone who'd applied that wasn't successful, we would love to see them apply again. So we want to give them useful feedback so that they, you know, want to come back to us. They feel like the experience has been good and they're ready for next time. So sometimes you're not successful, not because you've done anything wrong. It's just that there's loads of applications and actually for this particular one, you've been pipped to the post. But um, yeah, it is difficult when people haven't really prepared or like you say, maybe don't come across as well as a speaker. So we would give them that supportive developmental feedback um, in a really kind way because we want them to hopefully go on and to be able to do this in the future. And just thinking about the odds that you shared just before, you know, the the odds are you're not going to get the first one that you apply for. So, you know, ask for the feedback, take the feedback, learn from it and reapply and, you know, stay, yeah. stay persistent. And there's quite a lot of coaches out there that focus just on TEDx. So, you know, if you are in a position to be able to maybe invest some time and money into honing your skills there are people out there that can help you do that and that's going to be useful for other things as well right yeah. so so could could well be worth doing and i think certainly when i was doing mine i was really conscious that it was going to be around on the internet for, <laughs> for a long time and I, th- I think that probably made me made me feel a bit nervous and just on that point i guess when when you've done it so you're doing it at a live event then it goes to ted to yeah. approve it right then it gets released online on the on youtube and through the ted website yeah. <laughs> And usually that time period's about six weeks. Is that right? Yeah, that's what they aim for. It can sometimes take a little bit longer. It's all kind of based on, because obviously you've got the lead time from the live event as well for the um, the production team to actually get the, the talks ready to be submitted to TED. So ideally that's kind of a a six to eight week window. Um, But obviously with the amount of events that are going on all all around the world, it's not always as simple as that. Um, But that is typically the aim. And then the big thing is like share the hell of how to do it. That's what I was going to ask you. What's your advice around maximizing that appearance? It's out there. What should people do? Yeah, I think do some warm up stuff. So don't um, really take the opportunity to, I think, show people some of the journey that you've been on as well through the whole TED experience. So, you know, right the way through from, you know, applying, like, what did that feel like? Give some people the backstory. Don't just then one day share your TEDx talk. I think if you've done some build up, people are kind of almost waiting and ready to see your TED talk. They're there ready to like and share, get a nice group of people that are, you know, close to you, that are in your network, maybe set up a WhatsApp group where you can be telling them the moment it kind of lands, um, asking them if they would be, you know, um, willing to kind of like, share, comment to help you get some more reach. I think that's always quite a simple way to get some more traction. But yeah, telling people a story you know, even sharing with people, if you've got a social media channel, like, oh, you know, it's about to be announced, about to be released, you know, share that kind of excitement, nervousness as you go through. So I think people like the human story it's like behind connection, it. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, definitely. And, you know, the moment you're even coming up to being on stage, like, don't, don't just share it once that you're going to do a TED Talk. Keep sharing it because as much as you think that you're saying the same thing over and over again, it never feels that way to other people. You'll always be reaching someone else with a slightly different view of, of what a TED Talk is as well. 
great advice. So just before we wrap up, are there any key points around TEDx that we've not covered that you need to share with us? Um, just one thing is a bit of a top tip. So there's um, a good person to follow online and to join um, their mailing list. They're called Cesar Cervantes. Um, and they have a mailing list where they share, um, I think it's on a bi-weekly basis, but maybe don't quote me on that. Um, and they share when um, applications have been released for the various TEDx talks around the world. So they're a really good person to follow. Jump on their mailing list because then you'll know right from you know the get-go of what's available. And that might just help you start to build a bit of a strategy around where you might be applying. Very cool. And quick plug for your event. Oh, thank you, Sophie. Yes. So on the 16th of November, 2023, we'll be hosting the first ever TEDx in uh, Teesside. It's also going to be a TEDx women event for the reasons I explained earlier. Um, there are some tickets available, but not many left. So be I think quick. we've only got one option left now on tickets. Um, but we also have some free tickets. So if anyone's listening that's part of a community group um, or um, otherwise wouldn't be able to attend, we do have a dress rehearsal the day before on the 15th and we're giving away free tickets to that as well well we'll make sure that we've got links to the event in in the notes and also um some ways they can connect with you too amazing thank you thank you so much that's been super interesting thank you for listening if you're serious about growing your profile take our free profile assessment quiz to see where you're at right now and get hints and tips on how to improve your score you'll find the link to the quiz in the show notes if you've enjoyed the episode, it would be mint if you'd subscribe, like and leave a review. See you next Monday.